0: Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be prepared to take risks. Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and, and really reflect
1: on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work.
0: One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Today's guest is a very clever cookie indeed. Sue Daphnius is not only a scientist, she's also a strategic marketing and business development leader. In order to make people's lives happier, she helps businesses prevent chronic disease. The world would be a much better place with more Sue's around, that's for sure. These days, Sue is the VP of Market Development and Strategy at Planet Innovation, a health tech innovation and commercialisation company. Very cutting edge. How does she work her way into her current role? And what insights does she have for others looking to map out their own careers? Well, you have to stick around to find out. I hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us today, Sue. Oh, thank you, Emma. It's a pleasure to join you. Tell me, where did your interest in biological sciences come from?
1: Uh, Look, I think I was always interested in helping people and science, And my mum loves to tell the story. Um, When I was little, she gave me a doll that I was named after called Susie. And at a pretty young age, I gave Susie an operation. So the poor thing uh, didn't quite make it through the operation. (laughs) 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 But uh, that interest in science continued. And so um, by late high school, um, I decided I wanted to become a dietitian. And part of becoming a dietitian is to do biological sciences. So I went off to uni. Study biological sciences. And um, that was, yeah, that was the beginning, really. Wow.
0: And you focused most of your career in sales and marketing, mostly marketing at multinational medical
1: health companies. Is that something you fell
0: into or was it a passion from early on?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And it's almost a bit of both, I would say. So when I finished my biological sciences degree, um, at that point I actually had changed my mind. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. What I was quite interested in was working in science, but in a um, in a healthcare company of some sort. I didn't know what that looked like. I was, you know, too green, and I didn't definitely didn't know what I didn't know. So, uh, I went looking for those sorts of opportunities, and I was really fortunate to get a um, three month contract for a medtech tech company. Uh, which was fantastic working with a lot of engineers and um, working in product development and really, really loved it. So at that point in time, I just tried to make sure that I made the most of that opportunity and, um, you know, really uh, leverage off the opportunity. So I was able to sort of get a number of different opportunities through that um, point in time. And then I had a a fantastic mentor and and leader who as a scientist saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and at the time and and offered me an opportunity to go into marketing, which at the time I remember saying to him, you know, I don't have any marketing experience. <laughs> and there was no marketing people in, in um, our part of the organization. But he just smiled and said, look, you know, um, I can see that you're a passionate individual and I know you can do it. So that was really the beginning. So yeah, it was definitely a, a very big part of um, how I ended up in marketing. Wow I
0: love that I love that you didn't really plan to do that but someone saw potential in you and just kind of shoved you in that direction.
1: Yeah absolutely and, and then I, I loved it and so from there I just went into a number of different uh, roles and took on a number of different opportunities but yeah it was. Um, I'm very grateful for what he saw at the time and yeah, it really has, has had a very big impact on my career. That's amazing. And would it be fair
0: to say that the medical industry is one of the recession-proof industries and does that make it attractive?
1: I think this one's an interesting question because I think the medical industry is certainly more uh, recession-resistant to other industries. And I think when you look at groups and medtech companies that are working in respiratory in this COVID-19 period, they're absolutely thriving and are doing a great job helping with the pandemic and the areas such as digital health and particular areas such as telehealth are also getting a really great opportunity to be adopted by clinics and other healthcare businesses and have been critical given that some patients can't necessarily get in to see their specialists and their doctors. Other parts of the industry have been quite challenged during this period so you know there's been a very big pause on elective surgery. And and that has meant that a number of other organisations and some hospital providers have had that as a very big impact. So it has been quite um, mixed during this period, but certainly it is more um, recession resistant. But I think in terms of what makes it interesting and and what really drives people that go into the area is that deep desire to really help improve people's lives. And the the fact that you feel like you're working with clinicians and specialists and, and other healthcare professionals to really develop solutions that are going to help people in the long run.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that whilst the global pandemic has impacted so many people around the world, we have had to try new things and things like telehealth that would have been resisted against in any normal circumstance. But given, you know, no one can go out and, you know, we've been in periods of lockdown and all that kind of stuff. The medical industry just has to I hate the word pivot, but they need to do something that's different than they've always done. And so it's a great example of using a crisis well, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think it's broken some of the myths. So I think it's broken the myth that um, people are not interested in telehealth. And it's also broken the myth that you can't get that connection um, between the clinician and the patient via telehealth. Now, it obviously does not replace the need and, and certainly there is a very big requirement around that face-to-face and consultation and that ability to be able to examine people when you're um, face-to-face, but it's certainly doing a, a phenomenal job and I think it's It's also helping with areas like the regional areas or remote areas where it's connecting patients more effectively with specialists. So that's been brilliant.
0: Yeah, I love that. In many industries, there's KPIs. Is there pressure to achieve certain KPIs for you?
1: Are there KPIs? I think in most businesses you would say there is these KPIs. Um, So, yes, there is. In what I do currently, it's much more, I guess, milestone and external company deadline driven. But um, yes, there's always KPIs and, and I think really it helps to sort of drive what you're doing anyway. So you if you don't have them, you kind of end up wanting to create your own to keep things moving in, in the right direction, so absolutely.
0: Yeah, and you've managed teams across different regions and countries. What do you think makes a good leader?
1: I think for me it's leaders that can really inspire, engage and enable their people. Um, it's those leaders that just have a knack for being able to create that really clear inspiring vision that the whole team wants to follow and the whole team can regurgitate in their own words what it means to them it's leaders who really want to they focus on their people and they really want to empower their people and and understand that that's what's actually going to achieve the results not individuals standing out as being the um one's creating all the success, it's actually the power of team and it's the power of empowering all of your team members and then feeling really proud and happy to see those individuals shine and develop and seeing that as, as your success.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that because I think sometimes we can forget about our people and the team and we having a whole team of high performance isn't necessarily going to get you the best outcome. And I think Corporate Australia is still coming to terms with that in some ways.
1: Yes, yes, I I agree. And I think this COVID-19 has actually amplified the need for that because, you know, we within businesses, we're relying a lot more on each other, working in a remote um, environment and working as teams in a remote environment. So the more that everybody feels that they have an important part to play and they are part of that collective team, the more effective all teams are going to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Tell me about Planet Innovation. What do you do there?
1: So Planet Innovation is a health tech innovation and commercialisation company and my role, I get to work with some early stage ventures, clients all the way through to mature companies and our own ventures and working to really help, help our clients understand where their technology fits and what problem they're looking to solve. And then develop really clear plans for them clear strategies and clear plans around what to focus on for commercialization so it's a really dynamic strategic and creative role which i love and get to work with some amazing clients that are working on some really inspiring um, innovations in healthcare. which yeah it's exciting you're right in the thick of it yes yes yeah no it's it's um it, yeah i feel very fortunate
0: <laughs> it's like you're the hub you're the epicenter
1: well as a group we are (laughs) yes
0: yes Uh, and it seems your career's gone extremely well and you're doing what you want to do and i always talk about people you know their passion and their purpose aligning and it sounds like this is sorted for you which is great but if you could what advice would you give for a younger you just starting out in the workforce how long do we have
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's not a trick question (laughs) no no i think a lot of it is about the learnings along the way and certainly there have been a lot of learnings you know i think one big one is you know you you definitely need to be passionate about what you do and enjoy what you do but don't put all your eggs in the work basket you know i think make sure you know along the way you really are filling all of those cups you know it's important to focus on other aspects of your life because that's going to make you a you it's actually going to make you a better performer and it really does enrich your life and your happiness just overall. So it's really, really important. Don't take yourself too seriously. Nobody else is taking yourself that seriously. So I think um, as a younger um, Sue, um, you know, I I used to, I guess, separate work and personal. And I think, you know, you want to bring a little bit of, you want to bring some of your personality to your roles and how you lead people and um, how you connect with people. And you can become pretty boring otherwise. (laughs) But it's also, I think, a really important part and I think as time has gone on that piece about being very willing to be vulnerable and willing to sort of help people see more of you is just becoming more and more important. so that's definitely a big one.
0: Yeah, I think the pendulum swung I think you know 20 years ago it was you leave your you leave your real self at the door and you walk through those doors at work and your work Emma. And then you walk out and you're personal, Emma. And then the pendulum swung all the way the other way, depending on the generation. And we brought a bit too much of ourselves Yeah, to too work. far. We went too far. Yeah, we That's went exactly a bit right. too far, yeah, depending on generation. Yeah. And then we kind of swung it back. So now it's somewhere nicely in the middle, but it's not taboo anymore to bring your whole self and your entire personality to work, which I really love. Have you found that pendulum shift?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think again, if anything has even um, amplified that anymore, uh, even more, it's the pandemic, um, (laughs) where you've got kids that are flying in the back of your Zoom at times, (laughs) and and pets popping up, and all sorts of things. So I think uh, absolutely, and but I do think it just, um, you know, we're all humans at the end of the day, so we want to be interacting with humans. So I think it's been a really good thing that it is going that way
0: yeah yeah so as we close out this conversation what would you say to people who have found their passion and purpose and it's aligned what would you say to them to help them move forward in their career
1: move up or out or whatever what kind of advice would you give them believe in yourself and definitely um you know back yourself because i think you have to back yourself before anyone else is going to back you and so you have to you have to believe in yourself and i guess don't get distracted or derailed by any constructive name you know I would call, i'll call it naysayers you know you i think no matter um what stage of your career or life you're in you're always going to find people who will say why not and i think you really just have to believe in yourself and follow the path and you know if it's taking that next step within an organization then be upfront front and, and be very definitive around what you're wanting or if it's time for you to look at something else then you know don't be afraid to take that step
0: Yeah, I love that. The thing I love about, and, you know, I've known you for a little while now, the thing I love about you, though, is that you're very clear about what you will and won't accept, especially as we've worked further on together, right? And so I think what I'm hearing you say is just be clear about what it is and don't be apologetic
1: for it. Yes, yes. And actually, you'll make everyone else's life a lot easier by being very clear and... It, it makes every, it makes your life easier and it makes everybody else's as well. So um, absolutely.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for those practical tips. Um, our audience loves the practicality of the guests. And um, if they can take a little piece of gold out of what we've talked about today, that would be sensational. But thank you so much for joining us. It's been a
1: pleasure. Oh, thank you, Emma. It's been my pleasure. I really appreciate it. That's Sue Daphneus. That's it for this
0: episode of Tea with the Queen. If you love this episode, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And you're very welcome to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us with promoting the podcast for others to listen to inspirational topics on leadership and business. And if you want to contact me directly, all my details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au.